I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 1039 WYAB, broadcasting live from the Mac Hike of Flowwood Studios. Uh, we do not have a, it's Thursday. Typically, we will have somebody from Americans for Prosperity in the second hour. They are busy at the Capitol, spread across the state, trying to work on uh, this is their busy time of the year, it's like uh, tax accountants. Only difference is uh, I'd like to see tax people put out of business. No offense. Some good people out there. You can find some good productive use of your time, I'm sure. But for Americans for Prosperity, I'm glad this is a busy time of the year for them. They're down there fighting for economic freedom for the state of Mississippi. You can find them online at, uh, I think it's Americans for Prosperity or AFP-MS on Facebook. You can just look up their local chapter, just do an internet search for them. If you're interested in getting involved with a group that is uh, trying to make Mississippi a better place, get the government out of our way, uh, this is a place to go. You'll meet some great people, and I've really enjoyed uh, working with them. We'll continue to support their efforts here in the state of Mississippi. Uh this is the last couple of days of my show. I have lasted a, it hit me, I've lasted a full Senate term. I've been to the WYAB for six years. So one full Senate term or three House terms. Uh, I have uh, imposed my own term limit, apparently. <laughs> uh, I think maybe uh, term limits should apply uh, to some talk show host. Ideas kind of get stale sometimes. Few evolve. Lots of neocons. Lots of neocons. Warmongers. Uh, empire builders still infesting places like Fox News and conservative talk radio and some of the national shows, which is just really so 2008. Back when Republicans were actually convinced to vote for John McCain as their uh, nominee for president. So uh, I must encourage term limits at at every area. Uh, I won't be replaced with another libertarian. So I will uh, take today, tomorrow, to probably make some closing arguments (laughs) for the idea, uh, not of joining the Libertarian Party or just becoming a full-on Libertarian, but expanding the mindset of the average conservative to demand a little more, to not be, not settle. Uh, I think the speaker's race that we just had in Washington, D.C. is a great example of what can happen if you just absolutely draw a line in the sand and demand things. Uh, Most of the Republicans, a lot of conservative talk show hosts, not here at WIAB, but elsewhere, uh, just wanted the Republicans to just get along and just let's just get this McCarthy thing done. It's a bad look. But the House Freedom Caucus, those who are actually fighting for uh, a smaller, more limited government, a more democratic process in Congress, they held the line. And while all of the normies out there said this was a bad look, 
Uh, these people held the line. They made demands, and they made some structural changes to the rules. Now, we still need to wait and see if that has any bearing on what comes out of Washington, D.C., if they do cut spending, if they do cut military spending, if they do rein in the IRS. I am, I want to say I'm cautiously optimistic, but I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm pessimistic and ready to be proven wrong. But these 20 House Republicans in the House Freedom Caucus, and apparently they had about 20 more people on the bench waiting that if they were needed, uh, were also going to vote against Kevin McCarthy, according to, I believe, one of Stephen Utroska's guests, who's the executive director of the House Freedom Caucus in Washington, D.C. Um, but those 20 Republicans drew a line in the sand. So we're just not signing off on this. And I think that people could learn a lesson from that. So my my last couple of days here, my past six years, is to try to convince Republicans and conservatives, or if you're liberal and you're Democrat, I don't know what you think you're getting out of the Democratic Party, but I talk mostly to conservatives, so uh, it's, it's time for you to draw a line in the sand and actually kind of expand your mind out to be a little bit more, more freedom, freedom-loving. I don't know if I'll be successful if I haven't brought people out of the authoritarian darkness of typical republicanism or loony leftism by now. <laughs> I don't know two days on the air is going to uh, close that deal. But today and tomorrow, I'll probably be looking at a lot of uh, news stories and giving my own philosophical bent on those instead of just driven completely by the news. Um, so we'll get into plenty of things in the next couple of days. Uh, quotes of the day today. Let me get to him here. Julian Assange, still rotting in a prison cell. There's news that uh, Biden is being pressured to give Julian Assange a pardon to free this man, this true hero, of this real fighter of the deep state. A lot of faux fighters of the deep state out there, but a real fighter of the deep state. Julian Assange said, every time we witness an injustice and do not act, we train our character to be passive in its presence and thereby eventually lose all ability to defend our, uh, ourselves and those we love. It is a real crime. And I hate to say it, it was the Trump administration and now the Biden administration that has persecuted this man, this journalist, who actually told us some of the secrets that we knew were there, that we suspected. And for the fighters of the deep state, you should be incensed at Donald Trump. It's, I can. I, you're already mad at Joe Biden, but you should be furious at least about that aspect of the Trump administration that he allowed the, the horrific Mike Pompeo to persecute Julian Assange. Mark Twain said, The truth has no defense against a fool determined to believe a lie. The truth has no defense against a fool determined to believe a lie. We all encounter this on a daily basis, uh, particularly when talking about Politics And this came out of the Free State. Uh, I don't know if people are familiar with the Free State Project. It's hitting me now that I've missed an opportunity over the past six years to interview people from the Free State. But the state of uh, New Hampshire, which I have a connection to, my grandparents lived in New Hampshire. I spent the second half of most Christmas days when I was growing up in New Hampshire. We would do Mississippi Christmas down here, the tree. We'd open presents by about noon. We were packing our bags. Christmas always a good day to travel. My father worked for Delta, so we tr we flew standby. Back in the day, though, that really wasn't a big deal. There weren't as many people flying. They didn't cram so many people into these airlines, so it was pretty easy to fly. But by around noon, 2 o'clock, we were on a plane headed up to New Hampshire. We'd be there that evening. It was always, always kind of interesting to go from a Mississippi morning 
on Christmas Day to a New Hampshire night on Christmas night. Pretty dramatic temperature changes, uh, typically, but I loved it up there. But New uh, New Hampshire has got a group of people who voluntarily decided that they would head to the state, uh, really mostly libertarians, but liberty lovers. And they have uh, kind of self-congregated. Last I had heard, there might have been 20,000, 25,000 people that have moved into certain areas of New Hampshire. They've elected representatives. Uh, they have taken over some local governments. They have gone uh, into the House I can't remember what they call the legislative body in New Hampshire, but they are, they are in there and rolling back laws and trying to make uh, New Hampshire a more free state. And so they've got what they call this, the Free State Project. It's very interesting, and this is I, I am a proponent of the national divorce. I think ultimately people are going to self-congregate in different parts of the country that are run dramatically different than other parts of the country, which is probably the best solution for what we've got right now. But... The Free State Project tweeted out, the tax rate should be 0%. If the government wants to pay for something, they can launch a GoFundMe. If a program can't meet its funding requirement, then the people don't want it and it shouldn't exist. Amen. Amen. Uh, a couple of good news things here. And I'll tell you, I uh, Michael Malice, don't know if you follow Michael Malice. He, he is known as an anarchist, but this is... This is a term that has really been kind of ruined in the mainstream. When people hear anarchist, they picture the black block people, the black hoodies with the black backpacks throwing Molotov cocktails. This is more of an intellectual anarchy, just meaning that the state, we left to our own devices. Uh, we don't need a state at every level. Uh, I don't know. I'm fully there. But Michael Malice, a very clever guy, he has written a book called The White Pill. And I'm going to read it. I've taken some charges, particularly probably in the last years. I've become uh, increasingly more, with each passing year, a little more exasperate, exasperated with uh, exasperated. There we go. I got there um, with politics and with people's behavior when it comes to political stuff. He's written a book called The White Pill that I, I want to read. But I heard an interview with him where he was talking about things to be optimistic about. And it's really very interesting uh, interview and hearing him talk about things, and I think it's worth mentioning. I'll read the book. You know, as as dark as some things look, and look at the World Economic Forum, they're threatening to take our gas stoves. We see just some of the craziness in the streets and the violence, and we know this government is just completely out of control. Um, there were people who were also suffering under some real bad regimes, particularly I think he talks about the fall of the Soviet Union. And if you had said in, you know, 1987 that the Soviet Union will not last two more years, I think a lot of people would have thought that was insane. But the people in, in the old Soviet Union had really finally had enough. And there were some Soviet leaders that went against their own people, the hardliners in uh, communist Soviet Union, they went against their own people and allowed some protests and it... It built up something, and within a couple of years, again, if you had said this in 1987, they would have thought you were insane, and a couple of years later, the wall falls and the Soviet Union is over, the largest communist empire on planet Earth. So it, that is something to think about, but all of these things, I think he talks about several different areas around the world where people have been oppressed, but ultimately the oppressors, the tyrants, have fallen. The 
the difference that, that I see, the problem that we have, the hurdle that I think is in front of us here is that in each one of those cases, it was the people who had finally had enough. And what we are, we are at this stalemate here in this country between Republicans and Democrats, liberals and and conservatives, blacks and whites, where they keep us such, such loggerheads fighting with each other that you don't get a big enough groundswell of people coming together and say, well, we may not agree on everything, but we know we don't want this and actually topple the system that's in charge. So, uh, But I, I will read the white pill. <laughs> I'm looking for some good signs. Here's one of them. Here's a headline I ran across yesterday. Clickbait for me. It says, Americans rank congressmen lower than journalists or car salesmen. All apologies to Clay Edwards, who is, a, I'm sure, a very good, decent, ethical car salesman. But they've, they've got the rep. I'm sure he would acknowledge that. Uh, it turned out that only about 9% of people tell them, uh, let's see, where was it here? To only 2% of respondents, this was in a poll run by Gallup, only 2% of the respondents gave members of Congress a very high rating for honesty and ethical standards. Uh, those are people who benefit from the system. It's got to be. I think there's probably 2%. That, <laughs> that, uh, I, that number seems high to me. Two <laughs> percent of rating Congress very high on honesty and ethics. Uh, that seems like a that seems high to me. But uh, another seven percent gave them a high rating. So a, com a combined nine percent of Americans surveyed uh, gave Congress members a high or very high rating when it comes to honesty and ethical standards. Again, I, I, I don't know how to get inside the mind of the 9% who believe these are honest, ethical people. But it was just good news. As I said, I'm looking for white pill moments here. They ranked 17th out of the 18 professions included in the survey. Telemarketers came in last. So that certainly is encouraging. And here was a funny one. I thought this one was really funny. There was a... Uh, a headline yesterday, uh, if you follow the story of this uh, George Santos character up in uh, New York, he ran in one of their districts, one as a Republican, uh, to the House in Washington, D.C., and it's just come out that he just lied about just a ton of stuff. He lied about his career. He lied about his, uh, his, his family. He lied about his education. He just told a ton of lies. The guy seems, if you've seen any interviews with him, he seems like an absolute flake. But I found this just a little ironic and thought it was funny. The headline read, Leaders call on Santos to resign for lies. They, uh, they have a, some quotes here from the GOP, the Republican chairman, Joan, uh, excuse me, Joe Cairo. He had a news conference with other party officials. Here's what he said, quote, George Santos' campaign last year was a campaign of deceit, <clears throat> lies, and fabrication. He's not, and they say uh, this Cairo took aim at Santos for having disgraced the House and made it clear that Santos, quote, is not welcome here at Republican headquarters. We do not consider him one of our Congress people. This is what Cairo said. Now, this, as I say, this Santos character seems like a real flake, a weirdo. He's going to be a Kevin McCarthy uh, vote, he's even an establishment guy out of New York, so he's certainly not an impressive politician in any way, shape, or form, but I just thought it was very rich 
that you've got them calling uh, out a Congress critter because he had a campaign of deceit, lies, and fabrication. That's the playbook. That's the playbook for the people who run for Congress. About 90% of what they tell you on the campaign trail, from what I've witnessed over the last 30 years of paying attention, about 90% of what they tell you is deceit, lies, and fabrications. Uh, And then lastly, I guess this isn't a white pill moment, but it was just a, oh, Lord, just made my stomach hurt a little bit. Uh, There's a Republican from South Carolina. I wanted to visit South Carolina. My new my new job is going to take me crisscrossing the country for many months out of the year, the work I'll be doing. And I'm kind of looking forward to seeing some other places. And I went to University of Georgia, spent some time on the East Coast, uh, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina. And I found some of uh, South Carolina very pleasing. But I would like to what is wrong with their people? These are the people who continually elect Lindsey Graham as their senator. Now they've got this other guy. What's this guy's name? It's a Representative Wilson. He is a Republican out of South Carolina. He's filed a resolution this week, you know, as the Republicans' uh, majority springs into action to do the work of the American people. Here's what this Republican Representative Wilson in South Carolina is doing. He's filed a resolution this week instructing the Fine Arts Board of the U.S. House of Representatives to procure a bust of Zelensky. Volodymyr Zelensky, the president of Ukraine to enshrine the Ukrainian president in the House wing of the U.S. Capitol. Here's his resolution. Directing the Fine Arts Board to obtain a bust of the president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky, for display in the House of Representatives wing of the United States Capitol. Resolved that the House of Representatives directs the Fine Arts Board to obtain a bust. It wasn't enough for the man to come and chill in front of Congress for the military-industrial complex. This Republican out of South Carolina wants a bust of him put in the House of Representatives. Whew. South Carolina. Free yourselves. I'll be right back. My iPhone 6 is dying on me, I believe. (laughs) It has finally happened. I am currently still using the iPad 2. I believe it's the number 2. I had the number 1. It was a big, thick thing. And then uh, ended up with the 2, the slimmer version. But I'm still able to use that. I am am not an early adopter, I guess you would say. What what iPhone are we on now? 14? I'm still down at 6, and I'm just fighting it all the way. But uh, this thing keeps fading out on me, and I... I use it for timers. I don't think people understand the precision down to the second with which this show is run. And I count on my little iPhone 6 anyway. Looks like it might be time for an upgrade. Time for a 7. I saw something interesting here. What is going on at Twitter? Somebody explained to me what is going on with the new champion of free speech, Elon Musk. I told you yesterday I've been permanently banned for Twitter, from Twitter, even though I've never tweeted or retweeted a single thing. Basically, my appeal to them was, I've never tweeted. What the hell? We'll see if that appeal works. Uh, I also talked to uh, Scott Horton, uh, an anti-war activist, head of the Libertarian Institute, 
Uh, the guy just wants peace around the world. He talks a lot about the bombing of the innocent people in Yemen. He's been taken off of Twitter. And now Michael Rechtenwald. Michael Rechtenwald, just to kind of tell you who he is and what he's about, I don't know this guy real well, but I saw some people talking about asking Elon, why has this guy just gotten kicked off? His account will not be reinstated. Uh, Michael Rechtenwald is the author of The Great Reset Would Create a Global Socialism. He is now off of Twitter. I'm just saying, if only there had been a talk show host out there somewhere who had told you to be suspicious of Elon Musk, that maybe he is not the savior that you see him to be. Oh, that's right. I've been warning you. I don't know. These may be some holdout left-wingers that are still undiscovered. You know, they've got a sleeper cell in Twitter that is canceling these people. But uh, I know a lot of people who know Elon Musk have interacted with him, have asked him about the Scott Horton thing. And to my knowledge, he has not been reinstated. So anyway, Twitter's still kind of up to some of his own uh, tricks. Along that line, I tell you what, I went long last segment. I'm going to take a quick break and then come back. I noticed something that I think is an illustrative lesson in how the Internet and social media are gaslighting people to believe things are bigger, worse. It's about the manipulation of the American mind through social media. I'll explain that when I come back. Stick around. All right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 1039 WYAB, here in the Mac Hike of Flowwood Studios. Uh, are we living in reality or in algorithm-driven reality? Um, I've talked a little bit about this. Uh, one of the downsides to social media, and of those there are many, I believe, um, <clears throat> is the bubbles that we have created. And I, <clears throat> I think it has really exacerbated the division in this country. Uh there have been polarizing figures. Trump was a polarizing figure, much of it driven by the media, but then he played into it, and he, he just didn't finesse them. They tried to polarize people around Ronald Reagan, too, but Reagan finessed them. He was self-deprecating, he was calm, and he won 49 states in re-election. But I, I think that we are, we've gotten into our bubbles, and I think it's a problem. And I, I ran across something that I thought was kind of interesting to illustrate this point, or I thought it was interesting— Let's see if you do as well. Um, if you are looking for a car or you buy a new car, you settle on something and you get one, you know, suddenly you see your car all over the place. It's been the case. Uh, I've talked about it a lot. I've been had looked for about a year for a Greek, Greek uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee. And so I would just notice them everywhere. There are a lot of them. It's not hard to see a Jeep Grand Cherokee out there. Uh, but I would notice them more. But uh, the car that I drive is not a very common car, so I certainly notice them when I see them. But, you know, a lot of times things are they come into our consciousness and we start noticing those things more often. And that's kind of natural and harmless. It's just kind of an interesting phenomenon. But when it comes to the Internet, to social media, I thought something was kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the song Sultans of Swing by Dire Straits. It has a very kind of iconic and famous solo. I'm going to play a little bit of it for you here. Um, 
fantastic song by great band. Mark Knopfler is the guitarist for Dire Straits. And he's truly talented. He does all finger picking, but rock and roll. If you are a a child of the 1980s, you probably know Money for Nothing, Chicks for Free from Dire Straits. But their earlier music was actually much better. But this is, I'm going to play a little bit of the solo for it, and then I'll explain why I'm doing this. Now, that is just a a cute little girl. She looks to probably be maybe 17, 18, 20, 21. You know, the older you get, younger people, you just really can't tell their ages anymore. They all look like kids. I'm still stunned when I see college football players take their helmets off, and I think, oh, my God, that's a child. I always felt like they were were the big, you know, more grown-up guys. Now, as you get older, they all look like children. But this is a girl. Her name is uh, Larissa. So here's why I bring it up. Um, I am starting to play the guitar again. I used to be a guitarist. I wasn't ever very good, but uh, for mental reasons and hobby reasons and to give me some relaxation, I picked up a uh, a new electric guitar. I'm starting to play some, and I said, well, I want to, you know, Sultans of Swing is a great song for me to start trying to get my chops back. And so you can go online now, and the beauty of the Internet, beauty of YouTube, is you can find out how to do darn near anything on YouTube. Of course, it's censors, and it's part of the G-Word company, so... I'm not a fan of the company, but there's some value to it. So I look up, I look up the the solo, maybe some lessons on it, uh, three or four videos probably I looked at. Suddenly my feed is full of this song to the point where at one point I went, is this song making a comeback? Is Dire Straits Sultan of Swing? I believe the song was recorded in 1979. Somewhere in the late 70s is when the song came out. I remember my sister was a DJ at WZZQ. If anybody is old enough to remember that, I was a I was a kid, little kid, but uh, she was there, and I, so I grew up on WZZQ as a small child. Um, but by just looking at these few videos of this Dire Straits solo, suddenly every single day I've probably got eight people doing this solo in my feed. You would think that this is the number one song in the country right now, judging by my internet feed. It's not. It's just that the few people, the very few people who are out there within the population of 330 million people in this country, the very few people who are playing this and recording it and putting it on social media are being put in front of me every day. So this is my point. If you follow the libs of TikTok Twitter feed, if you follow that, you are being fed a constant stream of the small portion of the population that are absolute weirdos. Now, I probably won't argue the fact there may be more weirdos now than there used to be because of this reason, because of this effect on social media, because it also attracts more people who see somebody getting attention on social media and they're getting it because they're saying weird things. 
And so they decide, okay, well, I, you know, I'm not somebody who really has a huge identity. In my, I'm seeking for some approval, so I will go out and see these weird things too. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. But my point is that I believe we are think many of us think that we are living in this world where every single millennial has blue hair. They're a barista, and they've got a got a hook through their nose, and that's not the case. We would think that a large percentage of our elementary school teachers are all transsexuals and they're trying to indoctrinate our children. Now, there is some of that, and it's concerning. We all drop our kids off at school. Most of us have gone to meet the parents' night, and i got to tell you, I'd have my concerns should I see one of these social justice warriors who looks like she is ready to uh, use my children to advance her cause. We all have the responsibility to check out our teachers these days, but... I've met an awful lot of teachers. I had two kids who went through 12 years of school plus kindergarten, so you're talking about about 14 years. Uh, they were not always in the same class, so that was 28 school years. I met an awful lot of teachers. I never ran into any of these people. The same thing happens on the left, and my point being that uh, I think that this idea of labeling groups, whether it's the right or the left, because I'm sure this th same thing happens on the left. I'm sure there are images of obnoxious Trump supporters that just float around if you're in some anti-Trump group or you're in some Democrat or social warrior, uh, justice warrior group. I'm sure that any viral video of some bumpkin Trump supporter saying something stupid is what they are fed. That's what permeates their group. So their idea is that, look at this, this is every Trump supporter. I'm sure they follow people who uh, send out racist things. There are racists in our society, so I'm sure these groups on the left take these racist videos, probably of a white person, and they share it enough. And I'm sure you can find these. You know, like if you want to uh, think that all police are bad, I'm somebody who has a very nuanced approach here about uh, the police. And my nuanced approach to the police is uh, policemen do heroic, fantastic work every single day, but they also do a whole lot of carrying out orders, unconstitutional orders, from busybody politicians and bureaucrats. They should stop doing that and focus in on the hero stuff. I don't believe all cops are bad. I don't believe all cops are good. We love the good guy versus bad guy thing. You know, Russia is the good guy. Ukraine's the bad guy. Ukraine's the good guy. Russia's the bad guy. Unfortunately, in politics and world affairs and everything else, there's just a whole lot of bad guys. Some of them doing more horrendous things than the other. But uh, I'm not somebody who's anti-cop or pro-cop. I am uh, on an individual basis. But if you want to be against the police, um, in, in libertarian circles, I see some of these videos. You can find a video of police abuse on the American people every single day. Probably multitudes of them. But I also understand that police have about, I don't know, millions of interactions with citizens every single day. So if there's one video that floats around, you belong to a group where they share these things, and you see one every day, every single day. This year, 365 videos of police abuse. Uh, that's ignoring the fact that there were probably 365 million interactions between the police and citizens, meaning that this problem is not as severe as these videos would make you think they are. And I think this is one of the damaging things that we have in social media as everybody congregates in their little areas these kind of fringe 
things that happen, whether it's uh, police abuse that is not normal. Now, I believe the police are interacting with us far too much. There's none of their business whether or not I'm wearing a seatbelt. But but just taking every little instance and then blowing it up, making it go viral and spreading it will will convince a group of people that this is a regular occurrence and they will extrapolate that to mean every cop. The same way that the right will take every weirdo video on libs of TikTok and just assume that all the millennials and the Gen Zers are lost. They're all wannabe transsexual social justice warriors. And that's simply not true. Now, I don't know what the percentage. I don't know what the percentage of police abuse there is. I don't know what the percentage of, uh, see, I don't even know the good terms. I know, I think I'm cis, right? If I'm a straight guy, I'm a cis. So if there's somebody, uh, I don't, I don't know the, the percentage of actual, uh, bi or trans teens right now. But if one pops up on social media, if one of them puts out a post, libs of TikTok is going to show millions of Americans on the right, here's what the kids are doing these days. And people on the right will look at that and go, oh my God, our kids are lost. This next generation is just worthless. And it is this this effect. Sultans of Swing is not the biggest song in the country right now. But if you look at my feed, (laughs) you would think it is the biggest thing ever. You know, I can guarantee you in anti-gun groups, in gun control groups, people who are for gun control, they they join groups, they follow people on social media, they subscribe to podcasts, they get inside their bubble. And I would imagine every single day, multiple times a day, they could share a video or a story about gun violence somewhere that will bolster their view that guns are bad. We need to control guns. This is insane. So many of these bad things are happening. What they will not get inside that bubble, what will not go viral in that bubble, are the tens of thousands of stories of people who were spared being robbed or murdered, and they were able to protect themselves with a gun. In the gun control groups, there's probably a lot of feminists out there Yet these feminists never see the videos of how a five foot two small girl is able to thwart a six foot four attacker by the use of a protective handgun. They won't share those stories in that bubble. So that won't come across their feed because that's playing in the other camp's side. We know that people, and it's for the life of me, I can't understand why feminists don't want women who are typically. Let me make sure I'm saying this right so I don't get any trouble. Typically, women are weaker than men. I know a whole lot of weak men, and I know some very strong women I wouldn't want to tangle with. But generally, I think we can still say, now this is real biological women. I'm not talking about <laughs> I'm not talking about the new air quotes here in the studio woman. I'm talking about biological women. They're typically weaker than men. So One of the best things that's ever been invented to be the great equalizer for a smaller woman to thwart an attack, a sexual assault, is a gun. And why feminists don't support that is really bizarro beyond me. But, you know, we don't live in a world of logic. As I say, we live in a world of hypocrisy, our national pastime. But just beware of that. Expand your mind a little bit when you see this. The libs of TikTok stuff... 
it comes across my feed. I don't think I follow it. Well, I can't follow it anymore because Elon Musk has banned me permanently from Twitter for some reason. Uh, but uh, it, it comes across my feed. And sometimes with a morbid curiosity, I'll click on some of these pe- these people. And it is, it's a lot of teachers. And it, it's, it's a lot of weirdos on libs of TikTok. But I have to remind myself, and I encourage other people to do that too. These are attention-seeking people out there. And they are the ones posting. There are tens of millions of people who are not posting anything. They're perfectly normal millennials, perfectly normal Gen Zers, living their lives, enjoying their lives, not putting out content. Now, I will say, it seems like a lot of them when you look at it. But when you stop and just get a little step back and get a little bit of perspective and realize that we are really being directed, whether you're on the right or the left, to fringe players and then using this constant barrage of fringe players on the right or the left, those are being used to try to convince us that tens of millions of Americans on the other side are just like these people we keep sharing through our groups. Does this making sense? This is the damaging thing I see in social media. I think it's a damaging thing to us societally. Start looking with your eyes when you interact with, with people just in your own life. I guess my kids, my kids are 21. I'm not even sure where's the dividing line between millennial and Gen Z. I believe they're Gen Z, aren't they? Man, they got a bunch of good friends. Good, normal friends. I got a couple of odd ones there. I had a few odd friends when I was coming through high school, but I don't see any difference in the makeup of my children's friends and their friend group, which is fairly large, than it was when I was a kid. There's always some disaffected person. You know, we had the goth back in my day. <laughs> you'd, you'd have the goth group there. This is a small fringe group, but you can just imagine if social media existed back during the goth age. And maybe it's still around. I don't know. But if people just constantly shared pictures of you got a thousand person high school, but people were always sending pictures out of the six goth kids. You would think, oh my gosh, that high school has just gone completely goth. That, that it's a it's a manipulative thing, and I just I found the dire straits thing just kind of highlighted it to me because it just showed me that I was just constantly. Once you show a like on it's algorithm, it's reality by algorithm. It's not real reality. It's not giving you real perspective on the way the world is. It's this algorithm driven way to try to feed you what you've shown some interest in, which makes it appear so much bigger than it actually is. A lot of the social justice stuff, uh, it needs to be fought. I mean, the, the moms in Madison County, you know, they went and they found those books. They actually existed in the libraries, and they took action. God love them. Went to school board meeting after school board meeting after school board meeting, and they went in there and they took some action on these things. I'm not saying that these, these weird things don't exist and are not creeping into our lives in certain ways, but the idea that this is what our youth is these days, or to the Democrat, that this is what Trump supporters are. I saw a video about a racist Trump supporter saying something stupid, and so that means that's what all Trump supporters are. No, it doesn't. It means you guys, over the course of the last few years, have found a handful of videos of obnoxious people, which exist in every political party. You shared them, made them go viral, and then tried to take that and label everybody who likes Donald Trump that way. It's not reality. It's algorithm-driven reality. 
It's an interesting phenomenon. See if you can spot it in your own life. Be right back. At first I was afraid. I was petrified. I kept thinking I could never live without you by my side. But then I spent so many nights just thinking how you'd done me wrong. I grew strong. I learned how to get along. All right, only a couple of minutes left in this segment here. About one minute uh, we're going to get to Republicans are kind of setting their agenda and tell you some of the things that they'll be tackling when they uh, really get cranked up in the House of Representatives on the national level. Um, and uh, there's also some stories. There's some FDA advisors that are they're angry. I think that was a quote. They use that. They're angry about something. And I'll tell you what, too little, too lame, and too late. I'll talk about that story as well, as well as a genius. Just an absolute. I love the comedy coming out of the rebels of our society right now, rebelling against this system. Uh, largely, this is coming from the right, the left having lost all sense of humor about five years ago. Now you get Jimmy Fallon doing uh, ditties about the new COVID variants with a dead stare in his eyes. But this, someone has put together just absolutely a genius commercial. I'll play that for you as well. So we got plenty coming up uh, when we come back. And a little bit of economic news now, too. Uh, inflation is softening. Of course, we know. <laughs> we know the truth behind the numbers. We'll go over that as well. So stick around. We will be right back. Thanks. Right into this world All alone God takes your soul You're on your own All right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WIAB here in the Mack Hike of Fluid Studios. Um, <laughs> uh, news, local news just reported that uh, Tate Reeves has taken action on TikTok. He's going to take it off of state phones. Uh, and systems. This is some of the Chinese. I, I kind of understand this at a governmental level. I don't know why government employees need TikTok on their phones in the first place. Uh, I don't have a problem with, you know, a chief executive of an organization saying, hey, these are our phones. Take the stuff off. If you think it's something, I don't trust the Chinese. Could be a security breach. I did get a little bit of a chuckle. What, what are the Chinese? Uh, that, that Mississippi's moved up from 50th to 49th in obesity. Get in there and find out what they're doing. I'm not really sure exactly what the communist Chinese would, would want with Mississippi. Maybe some bootleg blues music. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. But uh, I heard an interesting theory, and I can't remember exactly who it was. I heard it from. I wish I'd come up with it myself. The attack on TikTok. Uh, I've warned constantly about this hysteria over China. China's coming to take our stuff. We need to face off with China. You're, we need to compete with China for sure. I heard Dana Lash yesterday. She was talking about the fact you don't need tanks to take over a country. You can do it with debt. And she was referencing the fact that the Chinese are going around making a ton of deals with countries all over the world. They're setting up this new BRICS parallel system to the U.S. dollar. It's a real danger to us, but it is largely of our own making. We weaponized, well, not we, not you and me. The psychopaths that we have elected for 50 years have weaponized the U.S. dollar. And anybody who doesn't do everything we say, the second we say it, we slap sanctions on them, cut them off from world trading, uh, sanction their, their businesses, and people are fed up with it. And we're about to find out. We're about to see the consequences within the next probably five years 
of an abusive use of the U.S. dollar by the U.S. federal government. Nobody knows about this right now. Nobody understands why this is happening because the Republicans will just tell you uh, it's the it's the Chinese. They're hell bent on our destruction. No, they're 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 sick of taking our crap. Them, Russia, India, Brazil. They're they're tired of dancing to our tune constantly and always having this Damocles sword hovering over their head. That if you don't do exactly what we say when we say it. Then we're going to cut you off from that. We're going to cripple your economy. And then we're going to go on national news. We're going to brag about it. I heard Joe Biden talking about making the uh, Russian ruble into rubble. Oh, very clever, Joe. I mean, that's hundreds of millions of citizens who are suffering. But you made a cute little quip about it. And you bragged about destroying another country's uh, currency. Of course, the Russian ruble rebounded quickly, and it is now extremely strong. Russia's doing just fine. These sanctions don't actually work either. That's an inconvenient fact of them, but it doesn't stop the psychopaths of every single administration. Trump doled out a ton of sanctions. Hell, he he just named a new president of Venezuela. I don't like Nicolas Maduro and his socialist regime in Venezuela. I wish freedom for the Venezuelan people, but I'll be damned if I think it's normal that the president of the United States, with his psychopathic secretary of state, Mike Pompeo, just goes, Juan Guaido is the president of Venezuela, not Maduro. No vote, no nothing. We just announced it. (laughs) We've got some cojones. I'll give us that, but uh, you're going to see the consequences of that. But... uh, the TikTok thing, with them coming after TikTok, they're telling you it's all about national security. Um, TikTok apparently is eating the lunch of a lot of American tech companies. I don't like TikTok. I think if I were to pay any attention to it, it would give me a seizure. I, I, people send me TikTok videos. There's some interesting things on TikTok. If I want to see an interesting one-minute video, that's fantastic. That's great. But then it throws something else at me to try to suck me into this app. and I, I just I don't like it. But apparently it's very popular, and it's crushing whatever it's competing with, Instagram or Reels on something. I don't, I don't even know these things. I, I don't like these short attention deficit disorder video platforms in the first place. But maybe some of this going after TikTok is not quite so much national security as it is <clears throat> the big tech companies – uh, providing politicians with a little campaign cash to go out there and start taking TikTok down a, a notch so they can compete better. I'm just saying, isn't that doesn't that feel a little bit more what our, what our political class, what our media would be doing? Going out there and raising alarms about TikTok. I'm not trusting the Chinese. I'm not saying that at all. They could certainly be using information from TikTok for nefarious purposes. We do the same thing to other countries. Every country does this kind of stuff. But maybe it's not so much a national security threat as it is a business model threat to American tech companies who are sponsoring a lot of our political class. Just saying. Interesting new wrinkle to that whole idea, isn't it? Uh, I told you I've only got a couple of days left on the air, so I'm looking for some white pill moments. I don't want to go out being known as that guy who, <laughs> who needed therapy. And here's, a, here's one from an interesting place. I get... Uh, I've been a subscriber to uh, Entrepreneur Magazine most of my life just because I, I admire people who start businesses. I've started several businesses. I think it's very exciting to start something from scratch and try to try to make it work. Uh, I'm, about, I'm at about 
30% success rate in my career on those things. I still am pretty fascinated by it. But I got this email just recently from Entrepreneur Magazine. Entrepreneur Magazine has recognized The Vitamin Shop as one of the best franchises of 2023 in their 44th annual Franchise 500 ranking. There's still time to join the most trusted brand in health and wellness as it rockets to the top of the list of the most coveted franchise opportunities in America. The reason I think that's such a white pill moment is I believe the American people are starting to shop for nutritional supplements. Starting to catch on. Now, I'm not any... Vitamin Shop is no sponsor of mine. I don't know what quality they've I've shopped there before. They've got some good prices on some things. I like small local health stores. But I love the idea... That's there are people making good money uh, running a vitamin shop as opposed to a pharmacy chain. This is, uh, like I say, this is a, a white pill moment for me. It means things are and, – and the fact that this franchise is up and coming on the heels of six years of Hump Day Health here in the Mike Madison Show, is that a coincidence? I think not. I think not. Obviously, just as I've told you, I'm affecting the national scene – the last couple of days, as I've floated ideas on the show here that have appeared in Congress the next day, uh, I think maybe Hump Day Health has made such a dramatic difference that people are flocking to the vitamin shop and making it a profitable model. Maybe that's it. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Republicans are coming out coming out swinging in the new GOP-run House, but I'm, uh, I don't know what you think about this. This headline yesterday, priorities, Republicans move quickly to ramp up Hunter Biden probes. Now, this is going to be political red meat. And that that's absolutely fine. I, I can't stand uh, Hunter Biden or his dad. I actually know a guy, I, very few people in this world I can say that I truly just dislike. There's really one that probably has been the most objectionable person to ever enter my life in my time on this planet and he looks a lot like or hunter biden looks a lot like him so i have like this extra bias of really not liking hunter biden because i can't even look at him without thinking of this other douchebag that i know <laughs> hunter biden's probably being involved in all kinds of unethical immoral and uh illegal activity trading on his father's name he's obviously got some very strange perversions as a person we got to give him a little slack. He was raised by Joe Biden. You know, parents do matter. It's not to let him off the hook. Uh, Hunter Biden should probably be in a jail cell somewhere. Uh, so should his dad. If you believe that the Republican investigations and the very public hearings that they will uh, have on the Hunter Biden issue, if you think that's going to uh, lead to the arrest of Hunter Biden and by virtue of what Hunter Biden is found guilty of, it should lead to the arrest of his father, Joe Biden. If you think that's going to happen, then I encourage this investigation and you to pay very distinct attention to it. What it feels like to me, this is going to be a big dog and pony show for uh, political red meat. It's going to give all the Republicans great talking points. And look, they've got they've got a legitimate gripe. But I, I just can't imagine that this leads anywhere that this actually does anything. So you have to start locking up corrupt people to tell other people who have ideas about corruption, uh-oh, I could get in trouble for that. It's been a long time since we've had that, if ever. These people escape justice, but this will be a dog and pony show. And there's so much, so much that Republicans could do. 
so many really, really big things. Now, I understand even the the fact that the FBI ignored the Hunter Biden laptop, that they uh, lied about it being Russian disinformation. I am with you on all of that stuff. Uh, look, I've been calling for an abolishing the FBI since the day I came on air. It wasn't real popular when I first got on air. <laughs> it's much more popular now. Interesting how that works. It's just that I knew the history of the FBI long before they were targeting January 6th protesters, long before they were telling Twitter to uh, censor things. I knew that the FBI had invaded or had had, uh, infiltrated every anti-war movement, that they were responsible for trying to blackmail and encourage Martin Luther King to kill himself. I knew that J. Edgar Hoover was sitting at the FBI with just a trove of blackmail stuff, that the FBI has been spying on American citizens probably since it first uh, came into existence. And so I didn't need January 6th or the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop to convince me that the FBI was a rogue agency. I knew this the day I came on air and about 15 years ago when I finally understood it. So now everybody kind of sees that. So I understand that they did terrible things and that Hunter Biden should be investigated. The problem is, is this if there's a difference between an investigation like you and I would undergo, right? If you and I uh, do something wrong, we're investigated and then anyone, anyone prosecuted. And then anyone incarcerated. That's for the little people. For the other ones, it is they are air quotes here in the studio, investigated. They get a bunch of sound bites and nothing happens. Prove me wrong, Republicans. Prove me wrong. I'd love to see a president of the United States uh, like Joe Biden escorted out of the White House in cuffs. That would be fantastic. I have no faith that'll happen. Meanwhile, they could be doing things like ending the Federal Reserve, ending the income tax, ending the IRS, ending the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the EPA, the FDA, the ATF, end the empire. Root out the influence of this World Economic Forum. They've got the World Economic Forum. Uh, my great, my great uh, disappointment. They're meeting next week. Is it any coincidence that the World Economic Forum scheduled their meeting the week after I go off air? Uh huh. See, I'm telling you, this show is very, imp- <laughs> very impactful. No, I uh, I won't be here. We've gotten the attendee list to the new World Economic Forum. Strangely enough, there are Republicans and Democrats on that list. Isn't that weird? Very, very strange stuff. Roger Wicker will not be making the trip this year. I didn't see his name on the invite list. They may have little some breakaway groups that he goes. Didn't uh, Roger Wicker go to last year's World Economic Forum? Yeah, this this the so if the Republicans want to do something, they should root out. I know Daryl Issa, he was a popular Republican from California. He's going over to the World Economic Forum. Brian Kemp from Georgia, he's going to the World Economic Forum. A handful of Republicans and Democrats, along with uh, Christopher Ray, Trump's appointee to the FBI. If only there had been a radio show that warned you about Christopher Ray the day he was announced for even for consideration. Oh, that's right, there was. That was me. But obviously, there are so many things Republicans could be doing. A show trial that leads to nothing of Hunter Biden will make for great sound bites, and God knows it'll give conservative talk radio show hosts tons to talk about. But the real things will go continually unaddressed, would be my uh, my uh, opinion. That will result in absolutely nothing. Uh, we'll come back, got a little bit of uh, economic news, and then, uh, then I want to get into, there's just genius genius commercial that somebody has put out and we'll kind of tie that to 
Uh, some of the things the FDA is up to, they're angry. FDA is angry about something. It's so lame. We'll do that when we come back. Stick around. I tear my heart open. I saw myself shut. My weakness is that I care too much. And my scars remind me that the past is real. I tear my heart open. They are telling us that inflation has eased. I think the rate now that the government is reporting is 6.5%. You and I know uh, that you basically double anything the government tells you. Uh, this uh, with unemployment, it's even worse than that. It's like a quadrupling <laughs> of unemployment figures. Uh, they tell you we're at full employment right now, but uh, the inflation coming in at six point five percent. Market was down a little bit this morning. They may have already traded uh, up, so there's some profit taking because they anticipated that it was going to soften. They they believe Wall Street's just waiting for the Federal Reserve to start reducing rates again. We got to get some more of that cheap money, more debt. We need more debt. It's too expensive to get debt now. The United States needs debt. We need debt. We uh, Household credit cards are approaching a record uh, high right now as interest rates have gone up. The average uh, interest rate on people who carry balances on credit cards now is up to it's over 19%. And as an average, that means a lot of people are paying a lot more than 19% on interest on their credit cards. But that's going up as well as the credit card debt itself. But here was something interesting I did not know. Do you know when the actual record for credit card debt was? Now, is it, it just in your mind, before I tell you this, <clears throat> do you think that a, a large amount of uh, American credit card debt is a sign of a strong economy or a weak economy? Does it mean that people are prosperous when they carry a lot of credit card debt, or does it mean that they are stretching to afford things? I, I would say that we were most prosperous when Americans were not saddled with endless debt, that they had large savings. Our savings rate uh, is approaching its lowest ever right now. 2.2%, I think, is what the latest figure that we had. 2.2% savings rate in the U.S. Not good. A prosperous country is built on people who save, save and invest. Um, I, I would say to you that credit card uh a large balance of credit cards means a sign of a weak consumer, a weak citizen, somebody who's not in good financial health. The previous record was at the end of anyone, anyone, 2019, which is interesting. This is why I led you down this path, because if you thought to yourself, well, that's not a good sign. Economy must not be good if everybody's carrying all this credit card. If we're setting record amounts of credit card debt, I mean, we're doing it now because people are struggling. The last time people were struggling and they needed to load up on a record amount of credit card debt, the end of 2019, which is interesting because I am constantly told that Trump created the greatest economy that the world has ever seen. Yet at that time, we set the record for Americans in credit card debt. I'm just saying. Um, more interestingly, economically... I shared a tweet with you a couple of days ago where Jim Cramer was telling people it's time to get out of your crypto. Get out of your crypto. And there was something else he wanted people to get out of. Since Jim Cramer told you to sell your cryptocurrencies, uh, at the time he said that it was uh, Bitcoin was at about 16700 a coin. It's now over 18000 <laughs> 
Uh, I'm telling you, I might start subscribing. I might start following. Well, I can't follow. I've been banned from Twitter. I can't follow him on Twitter. I may have to start watching CNBC to get Jim Cramer's picks so that I can do what many people have done successfully, which is do the opposite of what Jim Cramer says on CNBC. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll take a break and I'll get back to this stuff. Here is uh, Here's the headline I'm going to get to and then... Uh, We'll have a little bit of fun, too, with just a genius commercial. But FDA vax advisors, quote, angry, unquote, booster data not shared. Oh, the FDA. How could they have been so misled? As I say, this is too little, too lame, and too late for them to be protesting now. Uh, what we all knew back then. I'll share the story with you when we come back. Stick around. Citizens from all over the world. This is Captain America calling. I bailed you up when you were down on your knees. So will it catch me now? I'm falling. All right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WIAB, here in the Mack Hike Flowood Studios. Uh, on the economic stuff, as I said, inflation, the, according to the government statistics, has cooled. That will be the term that they use. As I will point out again, this inflation has been around so long now, it is compounding. Uh, it was high last year. It's high again this year. Uh, so it's compounding. Uh, Zero Hedge has got an article out that says services CPI. That's the inflation on service sector, not goods uh, but services soars to its highest level in 40 years. Now, I, I saw a tweet out from uh, Joe Biden or whoever's doing Joe Biden's account. It's kind of like we don't know who's tweeting for Joe Biden. We don't know who's running Joe Biden's government. <laughs> we really it's it's quite interesting. We know that he's not doing it right. I mean, the, the only thing we can be sure of is that Joe Biden has basically zero input on anything that's going on right now. This is what was my big problem with the, with the Republicans tweeting out, talking about all the vacations Joe Biden was taking. They were trying to make political hay out of that. That's, I, I just can't stand that kind of stupid, inconsequential stuff. Uh, but a lot of Republicans, they'll, they'll take that out and go, yeah, but, you know, he, he's I mean, the Democrats did that when, when Trump went golfing. As I say, every politician that is not in active duty in Washington, D.C. for even a minute is a good thing for all Americans. Joe Biden should be on a permanent vacation. <clears throat> but I saw him tweet out taking credit for this cooling of inflation. He failed to mention that the services inflation was its highest in 40 years. And he really failed to mention this. Real wages shrink for 21st month in a row. That is uh, actually how much purchasing power you have with every paycheck, essentially, is what that means. Uh, people have seen uh, in wage growth but it's not keeping pace with inflation. You're actually going backwards if inflation is running. And, let, and let's use the real world numbers here. If inflation's running at 15% and you get a 5% raise, you actually got a 10% pay cut in the real world. And so real wages shrink for 21st months in, uh, month in a row. How long has Joe Biden been president? <laughs> now, I say that just for his Twitter. I understand that this same thing would have happened under Donald Trump if he had been president again. Most people don't want to accept that, but you have to understand really what causes inflation. Uh, endless money printing. And when you stop printing money, which is what the Federal Reserve has done for now, I believe they will reverse that later this year. We'll see. When you stop printing money, the economy cools. And all that printed money is still creating inflation right now. Uh, that money was printed under 
Donald Trump, Barack Obama particularly. Those two men uh, basically ordered the Federal Reserve to go out there and bail out people and print up trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. But Joe Biden did not mention that during his term as presidency, I don't think he's had a positive uh, month of real wage growth uh, for the people in this country. So the FDA, the FDA is the, some of the advisors. Well, let me read you the story. Some vaccine advisors to the federal government say they're, quote, disappointed, unquote, and, quote, angry, unquote, that government scientists and the pharmaceutical company Moderna didn't present a set of infection data on the company's new COVID-19 booster uh, during meetings last year when the advisors discussed whether the shot should be authorized and made available to the public. That data suggested that the possibility that the updated booster might not be any more effective at preventing COVID-19 infections than the original shots. So why didn't they just wait until they got the data? What did Moderna call and go, (laughs) my printer is acting up, trust me, Everything looks great, uh, but I, I can't get it. I'm going to have to call tech support. This printer will not print. I was going to bring the report over to you with all the data on it, but I just it's, it's my printer. Uh, trust me, the data is great. And so the FDA advisors went, uh, okay. And they went ahead and uh, approved this thing. And now they're angry. Now they're disappointed. They didn't have to act, but of course we knew every single time one of these things went up for approval, I came on air that morning when they announced it and said, uh, it'll be approved. We knew it would be approved. The data has nothing to do with it. It's the fact that the FDA and the CDC are pharmaceutical sales organizations, not protectors of the public. Uh, Pfizer was required by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, their sales branch, to conduct multiple studies on its vaccine after the FDA approved the shot in August 2021. you got to love this. You people who got this shot, you are living in your own experiment. The FDA is asking them uh, to conduct studies. You hear these words, right? Not This isn't uh, provide documents of previous studies. No, uh, they wanted them to conduct studies on its vaccine after the FDA approved the shot in August of 2021 uh, because regulators determined that without the studies, there would not be sufficient data to assess the, quote, known serious risks of myocarditis and pericarditis or heart inflammation and a related condition. Uh, Pfizer was told by the FDA to carry out six studies with various deadlines for completion and reporting the results to the agency. The first final deadline arrived on New Year's Eve of 2022, Pfizer has not submitted the report yet. Huh. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Uh, according to the FDA, Pfizer had until June 30th of 2022 to complete the study and then another six months to prepare and submit the final results of their study of something that is out in the wild is being injected into young kids' arms. Unbelievable stuff. We are living in a dystopian world. So we do need a cause to smile. Uh, Probably about six or eight months ago, I think, I started calling myself a coincidence theorist. Conspiracy theorist being labeled such a fringe thing, the media and the CIA being so effective at making anybody, as soon as you label them a conspiracy theorist, and the funniest thing is, it's quite true, the conspiracy theorists of the last few years have been, they're batting a thousand at this point. Well, maybe not the Q people. (laughs) 
oh, the poor Q people. Uh, but, they, you know, this vaccine could cause fertility problems. They did a report on the news this morning, I heard, where they said that they looked at 2015 to 2019, and uh, I think it was well, women in childbearing years, essentially the fertility rate, the number of women having children had gone down over that period of time. That's from 15 to 19, uh, down 3% from 55% to 52%, I believe was the numbers from memory. And they said this was part of a long chapter of declining birth rates in the United States. I got to tell you, buckle your seatbelts for the next chapter. When it comes to fertility, these shots are, uh, are they're going to they're going to have an impact. I'll put it that way. Market. And so this three percent. Uh, this three percent decline in birth rates, I think, is going to be uh, the glory days when we see what happens over the next five-year period from uh, 2020 through 2025. But anyway, uh, I labeled myself a coincidence theorist uh, to try to avoid the label of being a, a fringe radical on the air with conspiracy theorists. Of course, I... <laughs> uh, to not believe that the powerful people get together and make plans, that's what a conspiracy is. The idea that they have convinced a large portion of the population that anybody that believes that there are conspiracies out there is somehow a nut job, uh, you're insane if you don't believe powerful people get together and make plans. That's what a conspiracy is. Um, so anyway, this is absolutely hilarious. I tell you, I just love what is coming out of the people that are resisting the system right now. They're doing it through humor, which is probably the most effective way, more effective than uh, than myself. I don't know what group put this out. I'll try to find it. Maybe by tomorrow's show I'll have the name of whatever, because I want to give them all the credit in the world. This is a commercial that somebody has put together. Are you or a loved one suffering from a medical coincidence? You want proper medical care, but you don't want people sniffing around asking a whole bunch of questions about what might be causing your problem. At the Kaufman Institute for Coincidence, we won't look into the cause of your heart or other problem. We'll just fix it. That's right. We promise to only look at your symptoms. We won't get all curious looking for causes because that could get your employer or your doctor into some legal hot water. And nobody wants that. At Kaufman, we understand that coincidence is now the leading cause of death. Hey, we've got another coincidence over here. <laughs> we want to operate at the speed of science. There's no time for looking for causes. No pesky questions about drugs or vaccines you may have been given. At Kaufman, we specialize in the effects and leave the causes to the conspiracy theorists. And let's be honest, we know the cause anyway. It was a coincidence, right? For each new patient, Kaufman's talented team of doctors strap on their blinders and look directly at the problem area, usually the heart, just like the CDC recommends. Our main campus now treats myocarditis, blood clots, heart arrhythmia, stroke, heart attack, magnetic skin, difficulty breathing, full body blisters and burning, convulsions, kidney failure, memory loss, cancer, sudden death, and much, much more. Give your coincidence the attention it deserves, but not the wrong kind of attention. At Kaufman, schedule your appointment today at KaufmanCoincidence.com and receive a doctor's note with a real sciency sounding explanation to provide to your anti-vax friends, proving to them it was definitely not the vaccine that caused your coincidence. <laughs> Kaufman, because coincidences happen pretty much all the time. 
That's absolutely We got another coincidence over here. Are the hospitals doing that now? My, like, number one goal in life. I've got goals like anybody else, hopes, dreams, aspirations. But my one of the rules of my life is I'm doing everything I can possibly do to stay out of a, of a uh, hospital. I think this is a good advice for everybody. <laughs> one of the main reasons to take control of your health is that you do not have to go to a hospital for anything. I don't even like visiting people in the hospital. If I love you, I'll be there. Know that I'm uncomfortable. God love the nurses that go in there day after day and take care of people. Uh, but I don't like hospitals. But so I'm not in them. Are they doing that? We got a code. We got we got a code for coincidence. Are they announcing that over the loudspeakers now in the hospitals when they get the heart patients in there? Oh my gosh. <clears throat> Absolutely genius thing. It, I love they say that, you know, the doctors will put their blinders on and look directly at the uh, at the symptoms that you've got. Just as the CDC tells them to. That's what they do. Uh, not so funny, though. Alex Berenson has put out a, a report. Uh, maybe this is why I'm going to take a break when I come back. Maybe this is why Pfizer is missing their deadlines to provide to the government uh, the results of the data that they have accumulated around heart problems. Maybe this is why they're dragging their feet. Well, uh, the FDA, the CDC, they can go to the Alex Berenson substack if they want to because he's got some data and he's sharing it today. I'll do that when we come back. I'm all over the world. This is Captain America calling. I bailed you up when you were down on your knees So when it catch me now I'm falling All right, final segment for the day today And we'll be back Friday to put a wrap on this one I uh, really enjoyed my time I'll talk a little bit about WYB You know... WYAB is a unique bird, and I don't know if people really appreciate it. I'm sure you can tune and listen. The hosts here are all different, uh, all different kinds of tastes uh, for people, and you know, I'm strident and can get angry and hopefully sometimes entertaining and funny, but uh, the uniqueness of this station, and, and I mentioned that within the context of talking about this, this grand experiment they did on the American people with this shot. You know, even national hosts— National conservative hosts, they railed against the mandates, but they just would not point to the glaringly obvious situation that this was an experimental gene therapy. They couldn't go there. I don't know why. I don't know if they get paid. I don't know if the uh, pharma is, you know, with the bigger networks and the bigger talk show hosts, if there's just uh, some financial incentive, some, some threat that you can only go so far we don't have that here at WIAB, or if they believe that if they really opposed this grand experiment on the American people, that they would be somehow uh, relegating themselves to the fringe. But they didn't do it. And the WGOP radio stations around here didn't do it either. And I, I think I speak for probably every host at WIAB. We, we're looking around and going, what is going on here? This could be horrible. None of us knew for sure. But we were all, none of us with any medical training, Jameson being the closest with pharmaceutical sales experience, none of us have any medical training, but we all went, this is completely experimental. They've never injected, they have never injected mRNA vaccines into human beings on a mass scale ever before. Moderna's never even put a product on the market. And we were told, 
within months that everything was going to be fine. And every one of us with no medical training knew they typically test these things for about 10 years, don't they? And the reason they do 10 years of testing is because you don't automatically know how it's going to affect a human being within three months, within 12 months, within three years, within five years or seven years. You just don't know. That's why they test vaccines for a long time. And we were really, I think, the only station, the only media outlet in central Mississippi that was pointing this very obvious thing to us out. And I think we are being uh, justified. Maybe this is why Pfizer won't release this stuff. Now, this is a little heartbreaking, but I bring this stuff up not to beat a dead horse, but it's an ongoing crime, as I've said before. This crime is still taking place. If you Listen real carefully right now. You will hear the anguished cry of some child that is being brought to a doctor, and the doctor is encouraging them to get this experimental shot. So I'm going to keep reporting on it. Maybe. I hate to be one of those people, but if there's one parent that's ever in the car and the tuner accidentally gets stuck on my show as they're taking their kid to a pediatrician and they go, oh, I didn't know that, uh, and it stops this kid from being experimented on, then I will have done my job. I can retire in peace. Here is a, a piece out by Alex Berenson. He's got a substack called Unreported Truths. I, I disagree with Alex Berenson on a whole host of things. He's a former New York Times reporter, but he's been really good at just bringing out the data from other countries and studies that the CDC, that the Biden administration, that the Thomas Dobbs administration would not share with us. Alex Berenson's been, been, been giving these to people. For that, he was kicked off of Twitter. He's back now, I believe. But here's his most recent thing, and think about how terrifying this is. To all the parents who took their kids to a, to a doctor, and the doctor recommended for a disease that really had no chance of causing any serious complications with their child. COVID-19 was not a danger to any, anybody uh, under 21 years old. Statistically, about zero, unless they already had health complications or morbidly obese. But doctors would look at the parent of a healthy teenager and go, yeah, we think you should get this shot. Listen to this. 17% of teenagers had heart symptoms after their second Pfizer mRNA jab. A, peer, a new peer-reviewed paper shows 17%. Researchers in Taiwan have added to the increasingly negative picture of the impact of the mRNA COVID vaccine's uh, and their effect on the hearts of young men. Researchers conducted electrocardiograms, e uh, ECGs, which measure the heart rhythm on 4,928 high schoolers in Taipei City, the capital of Taiwan, before and after their second Pfizer shot. Over 90% of the students were male. They found 51 students had significant changes in their ECGs after the second Pfizer jab. One of those was diagnosed with myocarditis, and four had, quote, significant, unquote, heart rhythm disturbances. Those included a student with premature ventricular uh, contractions, which can raise the risk of sudden cardiac death. 17%. Now, what would the... What would the uptake of shots, and, and I will say, to credit the American people, right, left, black, white, Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter, the uptake of these shots on our youth has been low. Not low enough. It should have been zero. But it, it has been very low. And I will say the, 
the results of their constant pressuring to get boosters. They're getting less and less uptake of these things. More and more people are catching on. But I don't believe we should let them off the hook is one of the reasons I bring these things. Even if you're not getting any more shots, what would you have done if you showed up with your teenager at your GP's office, at your pediatrician's office, and they recommended through their signs and other propaganda that your child get this shot, and the doctor had sat you down and said, okay, we think this will protect your child against COVID. Now, you do have about a one in five uh, chance of having heart symptoms. One in five. That's what 17% is. Maybe it's closer to actually one in six. So I'm, I'm trying to be conservative here. But if the doctors had sat their patients down, told the parents, you got about a one in six chance of this thing really messing with your kid's heart. For a disease that you have about a one in, one in a million shot of having a bad reaction to COVID, you're going to exchange your one in a million shot of having a bad reaction to COVID for a one in six chance of a heart problem after this second shot. And they point out in this that uh, because they did these heart things, that some people will say, well, look, right after you give somebody a shot, their heart's going to be racing. It's a traumatic event, all this stuff. No, it's different than the first one. It's the second one. They've already taken one shot. They already know what to expect. I mean, they didn't have any heart problems after the first shot. It was after the second Pfizer shot. Is this why Pfizer's dragging its feet on providing the data they've already missed? They're about two weeks past due on providing this heart data uh, to the government. Is this part of the reason that Pfizer wanted 75 years? You remember this? Thank, thankfully, some great judge said, no, a couple of months will be good. You've got the data just sitting on your laptop there. You can make it into a PDF and go ahead and forward it. We don't need 75 years. Is that why they wanted 75 years to release their safety data? 17% of teenagers had heart symptoms after their second Pfizer mRNA jab. Let your pediatrician know this. I'll forward them the article if you want me to. They cannot stay blind to this any longer. As I say, the uptake of these shots is small, particularly when it comes uh, to kids. And thank goodness our toddlers are only about 3% vaxxed. But those numbers need to go to zero. That's all the time I got today. Have a great one. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. No matter how.